1: Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. I am so thrilled to be joined today by my longtime friend, my dear friend
0: and longtime co-host, Kelly Gordon. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hey, Meg. I'm really good. I've had Two cups of coffee this morning. So I'm bringing the energy here for the awesome. Yes,
1: this is the energy we want and need. Yes. Let's not neglect the fact that not only that you're wearing for those of you not watching on YouTube
0: Mm -hmm. pink sequins. I can't even say it. I'm so excited. I know you guys (laughs) like, look, I also have my ring light on. So if I move. Yes, um, you are shimmering. (laughs) I am. And there's a reason it's because what we're talking about today, I'm bringing my best party self to the party that is this episode. Yes.
1: Not only are you bringing your best party self, you actually had the idea for this episode based Mm -hmm. on a real life
0: in-person party that you just went to last night. Yes, exactly. So this is a shout out to real life friend and awesome, Oshita Moore. Her birthday is coming up and I love this idea. She threw, kind of for herself, a Barbie birthday party. So it was centered around the movie, of course, like, but she just did like what we do for our kids. Like she rented a movie, like a room at the nice movie theater so that we could gather and we had cupcakes. And then we all got, you know, like one small drink and a popcorn and we had seats together to watch the Barbie movie. And of course she was like, please come dressed in your best Barbie core. And you guys, Oshita has the friends. I think we could have outdone any opening night Barbie movie theater going experience. We had Dr. Barbie. We had tennis Barbie. We had an older lady who dressed in like a pink terry cloth, like sort of moo and pink flip flops. And she's like, I'm retired Palm Beach Barbie. Oh. Like, I mean, <laughs> and then my absolute favorite, I do not know how they found it. There were two women who had like, they found workout club Barbie, like the 80s workout Barbie. So one of them found a it said Barbie on it. It was a leotard or maybe a bathing suit, but you know, like a pink leotard looking sort of thing, like a one piece bathing suit. And then she had paired it with neon green, like bicycle shorts and a top like she had the white tennis shoes, the big puffy socks. I mean, workout weights. It was my beyond. I I wore this jacket and like a fluffy dress like that was black and white polka dotted and I had big earrings and stuff kind of funny ways. If you've seen the Barbie movie, I was like stereotypical Barbie, uh-huh. but the workout Barbies, like I said to my daughter before I left, I'm like, I wonder if this is too much. Like, is this, am I over the top? Am I like, <laughs> am I going to scare people with my seven And she's like, mom, go big or go home. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Don't doubt yes. yourself. And then I got there and I was like, my people. My people. So yes, yes Oshida is a two. Mm-hmm. In some ways, and this was a birthday party. It wasn't just like a Barbie party. right, um, right, right. Yes. She threw this party because she remembered playing Barbies with her mom and her mom passed away a few years ago. And so she's like, yes. this is like healing something in myself. I always wanted to have a Barbie party. I know that if my mom were alive, she would love to go to this movie with me. And so come yes. around as a two, it felt so perfect, but it really inspired me to think Like all the different types of the Enneagram, what is the party that would really speak to them? Like, what's the party that either they would throw themselves or they would want somebody else to throw for them? How can we speak to them? So, and I love that she just did it too, you know, like sometimes we're like, oh, I wish people would do this for me. And then we get our feelings hurt and we kind of suffer in the background when it doesn't happen. And I just like, let's talk about this, whether you have to do it or you have to like hand the plans to somebody else. Because part of the party is really having to do it. Like let's lean into yeah. that idea that
1: throw your own party. Throw it's okay. Party, yes. We even Graham, we asked our awesomes over on Instagram in stories to tell us their Enneagram number and what an ideal party would be for them. We got a whole variety of answers and Kelly, you have some fun ideas. So we're talking all things Enneagram and all things party today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for a community of women to support you, no matter what age or stage or what Enneagram number you are, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to tell you you've come to the right place. We would love to have you join us, not just in listening to the podcast every Friday, although, yes, please do that. We love it when you hit play on this sort of awesome episodes. But we also want you to get out of your podcast app and come join us in one of our social media communities. Again, we are on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We'd love to have you join us over there or come find us in the Sorta Awesome Hangout where we are always just trying to bring that awesome vibe to life, to everyday situations, whether it's travel recommendations or parenting advice or just like, I don't know, we have talk awesomes of the week and there are all kinds of good stuff in the Hangout all the time. So we'd love to have you join us over there. Kelly, I cannot wait to get into our Enneagram talk. You and I both, we share many, so, so, so many things in common, not the least of which being the fact that we both speak fluently several languages of personality type,
0: (laughs) including That's exactly (laughs) right. We can completely nerd out
1: this. Absolutely. I will say I have crossed the threshold to where I didn't used to do this, but now I find myself typing fictional characters in (laughs) books and movies. I just finished reading Chandler Baker's new novel, Cutting Teeth, and it follows three women and their experiences in motherhood and like there's a murder mystery and stuff. And I like as soon as the as soon as we meet each of the characters, I'm typing them. I'm like, oh she's definitely a two and now we have our six all of this. So like I my brain thinks in this. I'm surprised I don't dream Enneagram. But today (laughs) we get to talk to each other about the Enneagram and parties. But first, before we get into all of that, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to sort of awesome, awesome of the week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about just whatever it is that's making life a little more awesome right now. Whether it's a book like Cutting Teeth, it was really great, not even my awesome of the week, but it was really good. I really recommend. Yeah, yeah, that's a bonus. <laughs> maybe a TV show or a movie, a podcast a product, maybe a recipe. Kelly, what you got for us this week? you set me
0: up, Meg. I am bringing a recipe, you guys. And I would say it's not just an awesome of the week. It's an awesome of the month. It's perfect for August. Like this is going to be what I'm already starting to make because here we are in like the dog days of summer. This is when it's really hot out. We're kind of tired of cooking. Like you don't want to heat up the kitchen, but your people still need to be fed. So this is like a salad. It's a side course, but it would be so easy to go with everything. So it is the simplest of recipes. It is simply a watermelon and cucumber salad oh, with lime juice and okay. salt and pepper. So I'm that's keeping it? it. That's it. I'm keeping it really simple. I know some people love to put feta in a salad like this. And I'm by all means, you can add in anything else that you would like to add to this. Like I'm super into spice right now. I was like, man, a little bit of diced up jalapeno or habanero would be so interesting in here. You know what I'm thinking? What? Sprinkle some on top. Yes. That sounds so good. I've been doing tahini on top of just like my watermelon slices yes. and it is amazing. But then if you're going to pair it with that cucumber and the watermelon or lime, excuse me, what I'm saying is that this salad is so simple. It is really equal parts, diced like big cubes of watermelon yeah, and like chunks of cucumber. So I think, you know, if you have the, like you're growing cucumber or you get cucumber at the farmer's market you might want to like take a few of the stripes of the skin off if the skin is really tough before you mm-hmm. dice them up. Um, If you have, you know, like an English cucumber that's very thin skin, don't even worry about it. Like just chunk them up into like, I usually do, you know, kind of quarters, depending on how size they are. You put them all in together and then it's got to be fresh lime juice. So the recipe that I have is three cups of each watermelon and yeah, cucumber, yeah. and then three tablespoons of lime juice. So it's like one tablespoon for each cup ah, of perfect. other things. So this is how yes. you can scale it. Yes. Then you sprinkle on a generous amount of salt. You don't want to oversalt it. But like, I think that that salt with all watermelon and even cucumber, like it really, it brings out their flavors. Oh, yes. So don't be afraid of the salt and then a little tiny bit of pepper. And Meg, it is so refreshing. Like that's, it's all that water content and the watermelon yes. and the cucumber, you get the sweet, you get the crispy, you get the savory. It's just one of those perfect things. I love to like just grill some chicken breasts and serve it with that. Um, You Mm. could grill. I think this is like really nice with those lighter meats, like fish or shrimp, chicken, something like that. Even pork, you could probably do it with. But honestly, I love it just for lunch. Like it's one of those things that if I pair with some cheese, again, you could put feta in it if you want. Although the thing with feta in a salad like this, it's not going to last too long. So like maybe just add the feta as you're going to eat it. Mm. If you're going to do that, it's my suggestion. It's just such a great lunch. It's light. It's refreshing it's perfect for these really hot and sultry days of summer. So just sharing it because it truly is an awesome for me. Um, I make it all the time. And I don't know about you. I mean, we have a big family, but even then a big watermelon, I'm like, okay, we even a fourth of it cut into chunks, like slices that people can just pick up and eat. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this watermelon? So this is a great suggestion.
1: This is what I was going to say. I am kicking myself in this moment. I wish I could go back in time to just this very morning when I was at Trader Joe's and I was like, oh, these cucumbers look great. And I saw the big display with the the, like full-size watermelons and I was like, oh, I'm not going to get one because personally, I like to eat. I feel kind of ambivalent about watermelon. I can take it or leave it. What I don't like about watermelon is it takes, it's so long to like cut it up, carve it, and then it's so juicy and sticky everywhere. And so I was like, you know what? I don't want to mess with a watermelon this week. But now I'm kicking myself because I could have
0: gotten it with the cucumbers from the Trader Joe's. But
1: I am going to Costco later this week. So
0: See, and okay, I will tell you, all of the watermelon I've gotten this year has been from Costco. They're ginormous, but they're only like six bucks. So like it's the same price as a smaller watermelon. So it's always I'm always weighing that like justification of like, well, you get so much more here, but then what are you going to do with it all? And it like has to sit in you know the extra fridge. Like you said, it takes up so much room. So I would say I don't love watermelon either. It's not like my favorite summer fruit. And that's a nectarine slash peach, hands down. So I think if you like, this is a great way to use watermelon. And if it, if the size of a huge watermelon overwhelms you or overwhelms your family, you can get a small one. I feel like this recipe is and a good enough for you to deal, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
0: totally. with all of the stuff that comes along with the watermelon.
1: And it's so adaptable. Like if you just if you did get like I love to get the minis. So if you got like a mini watermelon and a couple of cucumbers, you could just
0: and there you go. And there you go. And it really does like you know watermelon that's been cut. I don't know how long do you think it lasts in the fridge? Like five days at the yeah. most, before it yeah, starts yeah, to yeah. get a little weird. But, like, you can make the salad. It's all fermented in the watermelon beer. (laughs) My kids will be like, this one's making my tongue tingle. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. I'm, like, the least, you guys, I'm awful with food safety stuff. They're like, is that okay? And I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll be (laughs) fine." fine. They're like. Hey, mom. Builds builds your your immunity. Yeah, gut health. It's gut health. (laughs) I say these things and they take like a class in school and they're like, mom. (laughs) My health teacher said you're supposed to throw it out. All of a sudden they start to go through my cupboards looking at the sell by dates and they're like, mom. I'm like, you guys, it's a can. Anyway, um, yes. (laughs) So maybe three to five days. If you make it, five days is going to be on the very other end of this because cucumbers also start to degrade once you cut them. So It's going to be best the first, second day, third day. Eat it. It will make you so happy. I promise. Money back guarantee. Okay. Oh, there we go. Perfect. That sounds so good and so summery.
1: I'm into it for sure. So what do you got? Okay. Well, my awesome of the week is, in fact, the Barbie movie. (gasps) (laughs)
0: I'm so happy right now. Okay. Let's talk. I just saw it.
1: I just saw it Friday night. Catherine and I went Friday night. You went last night. I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, what is there to say about this movie that hasn't already been said? True. I loved it so much. When I very first, you remember like a long time ago when they first started kind of like leak pictures from like the filming. Of <laughs> like Marga a year Robin. ago. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling. I was like, a Barbie movie. Is that something we need on this planet? I didn't quite put it all together at the time that this was going to be Greta Gerwig production. And so she directs it and she wrote the script along with her husband, Noah Bauman. And I was so unprepared that this was going to be such that there's going to be so much heft to the story.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I was really surprised by that, too. And also impressed.
1: Yes. So surely most everybody who's listening has heard or seen the buzz around this movie. It follows the storyline of stereotypical Barbie. Played by Margot Robbie, who is like, I say this with the utmost love and respect. She's like almost freak of nature, beautiful. Like, yeah. I feel like I could just look at Margot Robbie all the time and never well, feel
0: sad. It was one of my favorite lines in the middle of the movie where stereotypical Barbie is saying, like, I just am old and I'm washed up and I'm not pretty anymore. Yes. And like the narrator, who is Helen Mirren, she says, note to the producers, if you want this line to be believable, maybe have somebody other than Margot Robbie playing the part. And like the whole theater just... Died laughing because yes, it's not believable when she's like, I'm ugly. And you're like, I literally think you're going to be absolutely stunning at 85. Like you're just, like you said, almost a freak of nature. You're so, so pretty. So pretty. So it follows her. She has to go on this quest
1: to figure out why the veil of separation between Barbie land and the real world has been torn, separated somehow. The, The two worlds are influencing each other. You know, that's kind of like the general plot arc. There's so much to this, though. Mm -hmm. And I was really unprepared for what an emotional experience it was going to be. It wasn't until so I dressed up. I was inspired by International Travel Barbie, who was wearing a houndstooth dress. Now, she had a gorgeous darling of the era, white Peter Pan collar on her houndstooth travel dress. I did not have that, but I did have a houndstooth dress to wear. And she was just like so put together, and I was okay. I can do that. I've got hounds tooth. I was like, I looked in my closet, Kelly. I was like, I have not a thing pink. Not. Oh, really? A single item. I just wear so much black, and I was like, why do I only have black and gray? And there's no pink in here. My girls didn't have anything pink anyway. I was like, I can do hounds tooth. So. AJ helped me do the eye makeup look, which was like this. We found like these pictures. It was like a blue eyeshadow. Oh, and she's putting it on. She's like, you know, you're going to cry all of this off. Right. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't seen the movie. And she's like, no, I've heard that like people are like crying. And so then she was like, there's a lot about moms and daughters in this. And I was like literally about to walk out the door. I wish I would have known that. But here we go. Now, Daisy had seen it a couple of days before that. She's like, mom, you're going to love it. But she didn't tell me anything. You know, there is strong plot line that talks about the moms and the daughters. That's just one of the things that was emotional in the movie. But ultimately, Kelly, what I love about this movie so much is it really does examine the idea of what it means to live a real and authentic life and how we sort of hide behind or construct these stereotypes that we attach ourselves to because life can be so hard and lonely and that we attach ourselves to these views of ourselves. And what does it mean to break out of that and choose authenticity and to be our real and weird selves? It's just so good. And the cast is impeccable. Like, oh my gosh, every single person is so spot on in their role. I know more than a few people, including Daisy, who have seen it more than one time, because it's just like you just it's so pretty to look at. There's colors and like, yes, the music is just perfect. The casting is perfect. It's just such a fun experience, but also really profound and meaningful too.
0: Yeah. It felt to me like a beach read would feel, but with a beach read that has this like undertone okay. of growth,
1: you know, like where it's an Emily Henry novel, yes, you know, exactly. Emily Henry writes these really spicy, very sexy romance novels that almost always come out like in the sensory. summer, but
0: Right, yeah. like I feel like this movie also is very, like yes. you said, the colors and the outfits and exactly. all of this. But there's this undertone that you kind of don't expect. A real
1: story there, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. So I just loved it so much, and I can see that you did
0: too. I did too. I mean, I think also I loved how many times they flipped things that you thought they were going one way, and then they flipped it. One of my favorite things, and I don't think this is a spoiler alert because you can see how it plays out in the movie, but that Ryan Gosling. As Ken, when he comes to the real world and discovers that in the real world, unlike Barbie Land, men control everything. And he's like, the patriarchy is awesome. And also <laughs> yes. horses. horses. Like, <laughs> and he brings the patriarchy back to Barbie Land and how that goes. Just and then it, it flips, like even how men are also trapped in things. Yes. And like definitely the overarching yes. theme is about women and, and the difficulty of being a woman in modern society where you never feel like you're enough, but also for men. Like it just is always flipping it. Mattel. It's, yeah. I can't believe that they allowed the things to be said about them in this movie where they are like, they embrace the paradox of Barbie, which is on one hand created to make women dream big and you can be anything. And also has for generations made a lot of women feel awful about themselves, you know, and there's so many things that you kind of don't expect that I think it's really fun. You could definitely watch it again. My daughter went to see it opening weekend. And so she also was like, mom, if you don't cry, I don't know you.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And she was right. Like it was mostly the mother daughter stuff. So I was prepared, but I wasn't prepared. It's like that whole growing up thing. If you have kids at this age, especially it felt very tender. I felt like the perfect summer movie. So great.
1: Yeah. I was going to say something else, but all I know to say, oh, I really think ultimately, as you were talking about, it really is about the human experience. And it's so like beautifully ironic that we're thinking about the human experience through the eyes of literal plastic dolls. And it's just, I don't know, so great.
0: But they represent something. Like somebody's going to write a thesis on this, you know, or like on a thesis on how Barbie, like it interacts and reflects with our humanity. It's really fun and so gorgeously eye candy-y. It's fun. Go see it. If you haven't seen it already, go see it. And then we'll start a thread in the Hangout where we could all sure. talk about
1: <laughs> I think people even I know, have, except I think it's mostly been people asking, like, what did you wear to the yes. movie? <laughs> we
0: could have an existential thread now about like, yes, what it all meant.
1: Definitely, for sure. So those are our awesomes of the week. We will put links in the show notes for you guys so that you can go and check those things out. And of course, we want to hear what is awesome in your life over on social media. So again, it's sort of awesome show on Instagram, or the sort of awesome hangout on Facebook. Okay, Kelly and I have all kinds of Enneagram thoughts for you guys that we're gonna get to when we come right back. Hey friends, as a mom of five, you know I'm constantly thinking about how I can best set up my kids for success. And you guys know our family has had to take a lot of different paths to get there. And I know many of you can relate, but here's the great news. K-12 powered schools can help your child start reaching their full potential in life right now and give you the support you need to get them there. Check it out. K-12 Powered Schools are tuition-free, online-accredited public schools for kindergarten through 12th grade. They are designed to help your child to learn at their own pace and in their own place with engaging curriculum that supports individual learning styles. This is different from homeschooling, where you're the one responsible for teaching them. K-12 Powered Schools have state-certified teachers that are trained as online educators and K-12 Powered Schools even offers social opportunities, extracurricular activities, and in-person events. Your family can join more than 2 million families who have been served by K-12 and empower your student to reach their full potential now. Go to k12.com slash awesome today to learn more and find a tuition-free K-12 Powered School near you. That's the letter K, the number 12.com slash awesome. k12.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back and today we are ready to party and we are partying Enneagram style. Kelly and I have been thinking about the nine Enneagram types and what party would really speak to them. Speaking of Barbie and the human experience, I think one thing about the Enneagram that is really helpful is kind of speaks to the fact that we all as people just want to be seen and known by people in our lives. And when it comes to big milestone events, whether it's a birthday party Or a wedding or a baby shower, a big celebration in life. We just want to know that the people around us kind of like know us and can throw us a celebration that speaks to that. So we're exploring some ideas. We're just saying, Hey, what about this? Let's start at the top of the Enneagram as we often do with the Enneagram one type. Enneagram ones are called the reformer types. They are part of the gut triad along with nines and eights. And they are the type that are generally known, stereotypically known for making things right in the world, whether it's the little details of their life or working in an activism role. They want to make the things that are not right in the world. They want to correct them and make them
0: right. So Kelly, as you think about Enneagram One, what are some party thoughts that come to mind? Okay, so what I have done here is I've come up with like a party for each type that really like Typifies what I think they want in a party. So for our ones, I have learned to make a charcuterie tray party. Ooh, okay. So it. these are That's like parties. To my one wing,
1: I love yes, that. There idea. you go. Um,
0: <laughs> what I like about this for a one is that it has a purpose. It's clear. This is what we're going to be doing. We are gathering. And oftentimes you can do these parties at a place. Like there's a vineyard really close to me that once a month they bring a company in. You know, you're coming, there's an expert there who's gonna teach it. So it's not like you as the one or whoever's organizing the party has to do this. Find a place that will teach the lessons. You can gather your friends and go and learn this skill. They're gonna show you how to make something really beautiful, something fun. And I think that what especially appeals to a one about this is that it's got that purpose in very clear directions. They don't have to do it, but it's gonna have it. And that's what is gonna make it fun for them. Also, maybe include a start and an end time. Cause I think that that part of it also appeals to ones when they're like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. This is organized ones appreciate organization, communication, clarity. And also I kind of think with all of these is this like you plan it for the one, the one plans it for themselves, whatever. I think that if nothing else though, when you are maybe planning a party for a one, let them help plan it because they, I think almost more than all the types are going to have the most difficulty trusting that you are going to handle all the details and communicate clearly and think through everything unless they know you really well. And they know that you're also a one and have that sort of sensitivity, right? Like it's really hard that control piece. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I think it's, it can be a negative. It can be a positive. Is going to be really hard for them and they're going to have the most fun. If they know that all those details are there, the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and it's been communicated well then they're going to be able to relax and really embrace and enjoy the party.
1: Okay. I can definitely see that. Like I mentioned, ones are in the gut triad, which I am also in, in in eights as a nine I am in. We have some control issues. It expresses itself in different ways for ones, nines, and eights. But control is a thing for us. Also, ones are part of, you know, the Enneagram, I love it. it. It's nine types and it's divided in all these different triads. Ones are a part of the efficiency triad. They place a lot of emphasis on efficiency along with threes and fives. Ones, threes, and fives, like efficiency, very big for them. I will say it's so interesting that how you talked about that. And I do, seriously, if y'all are having a charcuterie tray party, please invite me. This sounds like so much fun. So we asked the awesomes on Instagram, here are a few of the things that one said. Mindy Zeigler said, that her ideal party would be well organized and have an agenda with a purpose. So, Kelly, I feel like you were reading her mind as you thought about, yes, charcuterie board party. So fun. Now, Carolyn M. 516 said she had a little bit different idea on it. She said, just do it. Don't ask me one single question about what I want or I will take over.
0: (laughs) Right. And I feel like that's the double edged sword, right? Is that... Sometimes ones are like, just do it. It would be a relief for me not to have to be involved. But there's some other ones who are like, I will enjoy it if I at least know and trust that you have thought through all of these things.
1: And I do think that's a distinction. You know, like it's, it depends on the closeness of relationship. I think that with a one, if they do really trust you and that's really meaningful, if they're like, you know what? I just trust that you will make this good. Then that is a relief of burden for them. But I do think that Carolyn makes a good point that for ones, it's really hard to step back and be like, okay, I'm just going to trust it. it's all going to turn out. So <laughs> you know what's funny? A lot of ones who answered suggested they might like to have a reading party. And I've seen these become more done, not necessarily for birthday parties, but to have a silent reading party where people get together, they bring a book, there's food, you talk a little bit, people read for a while, talk about what you're reading, and the party's over,
0: which I thought was really fun. So. Yeah, and I should say these aren't necessarily like ideas for birthday parties. They are.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Just they have a be, party. Yeah,
0: totally. Exactly.
1: Okay, so that's one. Those are our reformer types. Let's go on to Enneagram two. This is the helper type. Again, you mentioned at the top of the show, Oshida is a two. I have so many twos in my life. Like some of my friends are twos. I don't know. I love a two. We all love a two. The twos are the helpers. These are our caring interpersonal types. The interpersonal relationship so so key for the two. Again, they're known as the helpers. So Kelly, when it comes
0: to twos and throwing a party for them, what did you have in mind? Okay. So I said the type of party that every two needs to have is a really good birthday party. So I don't have like a theme. I'm just saying that no one needs a birthday party as much as a two because your birthday is supposed to be about you. And that is exactly what a two wants more than anything is for people to see them for how much they help. And so nothing means as much to them as being celebrated for who they are, for the gifts that they bring to the world. And so if you're going to throw any party for a two, make it a birthday party. I also said, like, ideally, kind of in the same way as a one, we're talking this tension between should you just do it for them or should you get them involved? I feel like a two really needs you to plan it. Like that's going to communicate the most love to them is if you just do it. Although there is that edge, because I also think that they love to throw parties for other people. So like, they're going to be the best person throwing you a birthday party um, with all of those personal touches, things that you didn't even know you practically didn't know about yourself, that they've known about you, that they're going to make it super personal. So it would make me, I have also a lot of twos in my life. It makes me nervous, like plan a party without their input for them. I'm like, this is what we're thinking. How does that strike you? That yeah. And I feel like they're happiest saying, that sounds great. Or I really don't care about the flowers in the table. I really care about the decor, whatever it might be. I want to make sure that it feels personal to them. So sometimes I just want their input and make sure that it's feeling personal. And it's not, I'm not striking off in left field because that's the thing that they want is they want to be noticed for themselves. They want to be celebrated Um, they celebrate everybody else like 364 days a year. If they can have that one day where they feel celebrated and known for who they are, that's going to mean so much to them. So I just want to make sure that I do a good job of it. Absolutely.
1: I think that makes so much sense. And definitely it is a little intimidating, I feel like, because if you know a two, if you've got a two in your life, they've probably thrown you a good party or at least gotten you yes. a really great present. So a couple of twos that I thought were interesting in the Instagram answers, Tessa said her ideal party would be she didn't know about it beforehand. So again, I think there's that. They don't want to be burdened with feeling like I should intervene. You know what I mean? So so I think for some twos, maybe not knowing a lot of the details would be good. But she said lots of personal touches, very thoughtful presence. Tessa made a great point in her description of the ideal party. She said no guest excluded due to finances, which I thought that is such a two thing. They would want everyone to be there and nobody to be left out because of hardship or whatever. Now, she said starts early no set in time with lots of time to linger. And I thought, oh, that's so too, because the interpersonal connection is so personal to a two. And I thought that really tracks now contemplating dandelions on Instagram, which I love that as an Instagram name. I'm sorry. I didn't think of that for myself. (laughs) She said that she would want all the cozy sweatpants, tea, comfort food, talking under chunky blankets. So that could be, I mean, talk about a party where you don't even have to spend that much money, but just like, yeah, make it to where they get that, just talking to people that kind of scratch that itch and just really emphasize the interpersonal connection there, I think would be so good for any two, really.
0: Yeah. And I also think that one of the things that you could do, and this works really well at a birthday party, it seems most natural. It might be a little weird if you're just having like, a movie night. But if you can celebrate a two, like going around the circle and everybody saying how they appreciate them and how they show up for each other in their life, like that will be the present that a two lingers over and appreciates the most. Recorded, if you can, you know, so they can go back and listen to it. Like talking about why they're special and why we love them. Whew. Yeah. If you can do that at a birthday party, that's the best part about a party for a two.
1: Yes. And I didn't mention as we moved from one to two, twos are part of the heart triad. The twos, threes, and fours are in the heart triad. So the emotional factor is very big for a two. Also in the heart triad, we have our threes. These are our achiever types. They are success-oriented. They love to excel. They're very driven. They're very conscious of people's opinions about themselves. So Kelly, when it comes to a three, what do you think would be fun for them? I think
0: that a three would love an axe-throwing party. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> okay. This is kind of the newer thing. It's newish, yes. I should say. It's not like it's brand new. It's been around for a couple of years. But I still feel like the thing that makes me think this is perfect for a 3 is that you're having fun with your friends doing something new, slightly competitive. You know, like it's you're trying, it's just like you who can get the most points, that sort of a thing. But you're going to be laughing. It's going to be one of those things where the competition Probably you're not going to bring as professional axe throw to the party right everybody's yes. going to be a little bit on the same level yeah but you can talk some smack you can throw an axe so you, you've got that like you know you're doing something with doing, the party yes. threes are very action yes. oriented for sure yes like okay. this is not the time to really sit around under cozy blankets and talk i think right. you know, not that a, th- a three is going to have the most fun going out and doing something, and maybe even learning something. I think that you have to have cocktails at the party, which seems dangerous with axes, (laughs) but hey, most (laughs) places that do axe throwing have a bar. Oh yeah, they do, they they do. They must know what they're doing. I think also inviting everybody they know and making it like an open house so that people can just stop by. They can say, you know, here I am at the party. I'm mingling. Threes are great connectors. So like making, they just happy when they look out and they see all their people. Whether they're there all the time or not, and you know, just letting it be kind of open ended, it's like an open house, so people can stop during those times doing something that's fun um, and really just getting to be with people doing something new that's slightly competitive. I think that's sweet spot for a three. I love that. That is really like it is not a
1: brand new idea, but it's new enough that it feels like cutting edge and innovative. And I think that threes would like that part too. Apologies to the awesome who's a three who wrote this in because I forgot to grab their screen name, but one of the threes who answered the question said a board game party. Kind of that same thing. Oh, yes. Like it's yes. like low stakes competition. So you can still have fun. But there's also like a doing factor. And there's like a little bit of competition, but it's like not a big deal. I think that would be really fun. Jay the Mermaid, Enneagram 3, said that she would love to have a signature cocktail. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> well, let's see. see. Signature cocktail for the thing. Bring here. it up. Yes. Tons of sparkle in my favorite bowl. So yeah, I think all of those components would be so spot on for our threes. Also in the heart triad, we have fours, the individualists. So these are our sensitive types. They're very expressive, extremely connected to and in touch with their feelings. Often excel in drawing your feelings out if you tend to be a little Feelings repressed couldn't be me. I don't know anyone like
0: that. (laughs) So weird. I've heard about it.
1: I've heard of it. Yes. But so, yes, these are the fours are probably most known for their desire. Again, they're called the individualists. They want to be known and perceive themselves as being very unique. And so, this can be a little challenging. How do we plan a party for people who want to be seen and known kind of for who they are and how they stand out?
0: So I think the perfect party for a four would be like a movie night party. Ooh, yeah. Because you could pick like a really artsy or maybe like just a really emotive sort of movie to watch with your friends. And this should not be what we just said for a three with the axe throwing party, inviting like everybody they know. This is not the time to invite everybody that the four knows. Although now that I say that, the four might not even know that many people that they consider themselves to be, you know, they don't consider their acquaintances to be friends the way some types do. Oh, that's true. So find their friends, invite, you know, a handful of people that can sit together on a few couches and to watch this movie together, provide tissues, maybe have some tea, a yummy dessert. I said kind of a bonus because we're here in summer right now. If you could do it outside, like on a summer night, you know, in the garden, sort of, you're really invoking the senses because the fours really are aware of, they just really love art and they love all of these things interplaying together. So it's not always possible, but man, wouldn't that be a dream? If you could just pick a beautiful dusky summer night when the flowers are blooming and the moon is coming out and you have your friends there and you're watching some movie that everybody is going to cry at and laugh and just feels like that's the perfect way to give a four a night they will remember. I love that. And that sounds so dreamy.
1: I mean, what a fun night. A couple of fours who are awesome, who shared on Instagram, Barb Dimsky said yoga in a park and then hike with kayaking along a river, which I was like, oh, that's really interesting for a four. But again, I think there's that unique factor, like not everybody would think to put together a party like that. And they love things that are very unique and very individual. And so I think that would be really cool for a four. Jody Diana said a circle of people reading notes of the unique qualities they love in me the most, which again, kind of goes back to you suggested that for twos, I think fours would like that. I mean, honestly, three would too. Who wouldn't love that? Well, I think nines and other types, maybe a five (laughs) would be a little uncomfortable being the center of attention.
0: So that might not be so fun for some types. But definitely, I think those twos, threes and fours would love that. Yeah. For sure, fours, especially. I feel like threes would appreciate it, but just as my own, there's a lot of threes who are like, I know already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank you, but. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like I probably would have said it differently, but okay. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that twos and fours, though, have such a yearning to be known by other people. Not that threes don't, but like threes are just more confident in themselves. I think that for twos and fours, it really speaks into something that is really healing and a true gift for them. So I do. I think that's a great idea from Jody.
1: So great. Okay, let's move on to fives. And that moves us into the head triad, the more thinking types. So fives are investigators, and they are definitely the cerebral group of the Enneagram. Often it can be a little intense, but a lot of fives are more introverted and spend a lot of time in their mind palaces, in their heads. So. <laughs> yes. As someone who's been married to a five for 25 years, I can attest to the truth of that. Kelly, what do you think? What's a good party for a five?
0: Oh, man. I think the fives in our lives love a good PowerPoint party.
1: Oh, fun. Yes. Right?
0: We were just talking about this in my family. And just the idea, if you're not aware, PowerPoint party, it's hard to say. It is. It's tricky. It's also been around for a few years. The idea is that you let your friends know that you're going to have this kind of party and everybody makes a silly PowerPoint about something that they will then present yeah. to the group. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I should have looked up some of the good ideas that people have done for these types of parties. It'll be like I characterized all my friends as Pokemon, and this is you know <laughs> who you are and yeah. why. I mean, it's it's their silly things. Like what can you think of some? Eggs? Oh, Do I need to like Grab my phone and look them plenty up plenty on TikTok. Like I ranked all of my high
1: school boyfriends worst to best, or <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just silly stuff. Like. If you are just like listening to this right now, that one topic that you could like give a spontaneous TED talk on, but make it fun, you know, like not the serious stuff, the fun stuff. Like I could put together a mean PowerPoint on all of the benefits of fan fiction and how it serves the the larger community of fandom. Uh, But yeah, just something silly. But it's like, you're doing it in like a corporate business
0: format, but it really, you do exactly. le- actually kind of learn something. So also fun. Exactly. So that's why I think the Fives would like it is that they get to take those things that they're doing the deep dive on. And, and like, can you make it fun? Like, I think that's, if you're deep diving on the new dishwasher to buy, maybe that's not the PowerPoint, like all the different dishwashers that you've researched. Like that might bore people. But like, maybe you could find like dishwashers ranked by the worst customer view on Amazon. <laughs> You know, something like that. I mean, OK, so I just looked up some ideas. Dream wedding destinations. Oh, so that's great. kind of a more serious one than it has to be silly. But like rating the Disney princes. Yes. Disney comes in a lot, I feel like, on PowerPoint parties. Um, your friend's celebrity lookalikes. Oh, if you know who's you know, going to be there, that one's fun. That would be so fun. Yes, that would be a fun one. Oh, wait, everyone's Enneagram types. Oh, we, that's not, we're thats we doing that already. Um, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, things that have happened to you that no one believes, oh. your colleagues as an alcoholic beverage, the best books you've read, the best road trips you've taken. So again, it can go from like, you could Google this if you really wanted to do it. It can go from kind of semi-serious to really goofy, depending on you, I think. And that's what you get that range in there. The fives in your life are going to appreciate that you're taking this, you're sharing your knowledge in a fun way. And I have not been to one of these parties, sadly. I don't know who needs to get involved in my life and invite me to one, but it sounds so fun. Like there would be a lot of laughter. There would be a lot of discussion. I think that that's so helpful for a five who, like you said, they can be a little bit more introverted, but if they feel this is something I know about, I have a way to enter the conversation here and connect with the people that I like. That's what they want. So throwing them a PowerPoint party feels on point. Let me give a personal example of how
1: powerful a PowerPoint can be for a five. Back during the pandemic, early pandemic, AJ, mm-hmm. who's now 15, went on a campaign that she wanted to have a pet again. You know, years ago, we had our first dog, Jaja. She We ended up placing her in a different home. And so we'd been without a pet for a while. And AJ was just like, really wanted a pet. And so this was like early April 2020. And before, you know, any of us were damaged. <laughs>
0: It was early on. Yeah. We were still, we were still like sweet little, (laughs) I mean, you know, certainly we had a shock on our face, but we didn't really know what we were doing yet. But since she had so much free time on her
1: hands, she made a PowerPoint presentation on Google Slides, actually, about why she wanted to get a guinea pig for a pet. And like, she had done all of the research slide by slide. It was like this persuasive PowerPoint, all of the research of why she could and should have a guinea pig for a pet. Kyle, my husband, again, a five classic textbook five was so blown away by the thought and care she had put into this Google slide presentation that he was like, no, you're not going to get a guinea pig. You're going to get a dog. And it's not just one dog. We'll get two. Like, that's how we have our (laughs) Boston Terriers, our pandemic puppies, because I actually didn't know that story. That's so that's so funny. Yes. He was like, just so that PowerPoint spoke to him on a deep (laughs) emotional level.
0: And he was like, I will give you the world. Because you made this way, <laughs> You, you actually get a dog. You get the grand prize. Yes, exactly. This is the showcase showdown. Yes. You get a dog and you get another dog. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So yes. Okay. Well, so we That's asked, funny. asked our awesomes a number of fives and not a small number for no party at all. Okay. All right. Fives, but sometimes we want to celebrate you. So. Let's see. Blessed Gen 4, who's a 5, said she went to a party where you're learning something. Okay. So PowerPoint, party perfect. She said, no small talk. Okay. Megalona on Instagram said, reading on a covered porch, it's 70 degrees, there's endless drinks and the party capacity is three to five people.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's actually a really good point because the PowerPoint party should have no more than six, I would say. Total. Because it would just get too long, you know, right? And so it's a nice way to limit and be like, this is just these few people and then it's going to be, you know, over. (laughs) Yes, exactly. One more. (laughs) And then go home.
1: One more, Pierce Chain on Instagram said, just close friends learning something new. So Kelly, you are vibing with the fives with this PowerPoint party idea. I love it.
0: Yes. Oh, I think that they could also love a, like the charcuterie idea that we said for once, like learning something. There are lots of opportunities to go and learn something new with your friends. You know, like I've seen flower arranging, you know, like, I mean, there's all sorts of different cooking classes. So finding something that you could do, that's like a Bonus party for a five. I think that idea of learning something new is the key for them. For sure.
1: Okay. Still in the head triad, we have our sixes, the loyalists. Our dear friend and fellow co host, Rebecca Hoffer, is a six. So the loyalists are very committed. They're very like security oriented. They have a very dynamic relationship with anxiety. Some avoid it, some move towards it. It's a whole complicated thing. Sixes are wonderful and beautifully complicated. They're very responsible. The six in your life is the one who always has the backup plan, the emergency plan. They've thought it through <laughs> already many times and they will tell you what you need to know. So sixes,
0: what do we do for a party for sixes, Kelly? I think this is when you do a game night. Okay. I think that sixes really appreciate like picking a few really well-known games. Now, you not that you can't pick a new game. I think that sixes are going to be happiest if you're not introducing a new game yeah. at the party because like, uh, Now we've got to learn it. Are people going to like it? Is it going to be competitive or is it collaborative? So picking some classics, you know, doing Uno or doing, you could do a twist on Uno. Like there's some all, there's like all these different Uno variations today, but people basically know the game. You know, even doing something like life or which takes freaking forever. Longer than the actual yeah. life, I think. That, that's my own personal <laughs> it's whole take lifetime on that board in a board game. game. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. We've talked before about nerds. Oh, yeah. Here. If people like play that game, you know, like just pick a game that they like to have fun with and at the party, people coming who are all, of course, going to be good friends of theirs. Like that's who you're doing this with. Also know the game and like it so that there's going to be the right level of spirit around the game. I think that that's kind of key to this is making sure. Like, if you're inviting an eight or a three, that you have a conversation with them beforehand and you're like, this "This is is for for fun. fun. Yes. Like, it's (laughs) for fun. And if you can't have fun, (laughs) then you're going to be stuck in the kitchen making the cocktails. And you're
1: in charge of drinks and that's it. You do not get to play. (laughs) Exactly.
0: We actually, this is a funny story. Many years ago, when we used to host Thanksgiving before we had kids, like for all of our friends, like people, and my youngest brother came to San Diego and stayed with us and we were playing nerds. Like we were up till like 2 a.m. Like we had people staying at our house. We played nerds. and Then we would wake up and play nerds. And Corey, who was an eight, my husband, was winning every game. We kept making him put more cards in his nerds pile than us. Then we made him play with one hand behind his back the whole time. And then finally we were like, You're done. You're kicked out. Not fun anymore. You're on it. You just- yeah, you're done. Like you're and he's like, Are you kidding? And we were like, <laughs> literally every person on the table, we're like, not joking. Please leave. <laughs> and we kicked him out. It's kind of infamous in our family. <laughs> so make sure that it's not that. Yeah. Like <laughs> you want it to be fun. I also think this is a great chance for a potluck. Oh yes. I think that sixes are very collaborative. Oh yeah. They're like a lot of twos, I think, where they take care of people because they're thinking. So like making sure that you have dishes assigned, kind of a potluck, like you yes. bring this, you bring that or, you know, this category, however you want to do it so that we don't have eight people bringing <laughs> chips and salsa. That would totally stress the six out. Can you imagine? Don't leave Absolutely. it up to people like make an ass- assignment.
1: One of our sixes, Greenfield Gale, said no surprises. I'm going to talk about that in a second. No surprises. And then she said potluck where categories are assigned, so we don't have too much of anything. I do think that that would stress a six all the way out if everybody brought desserts and there's no main entree
0: for every new Oh my gosh. I know our sixes are listening right now and they're like, my heart is beating fast. Like the mere idea (laughs) of like a potluck where you're just like, just bring what you want.
1: Right. And they did not, they were not able to make sure like that it was all evenly spread out because then there's no backup plan. Now we have a party with all desserts and and everyone wants real food too. Yeah. Okay. So, so many sixes said no surprise party. So I was curious about this. So I texted Rebecca this morning. I was like, okay. I noticed, Rebecca, you didn't answer when we put the call out on Instagram, what to throw for a six for a party. So I need you to tell me. And she's acknowledged she didn't even answer because she parties are stressful for her. But she said, first of all, she would love like a girl's night out, but a very small group, no surprises, and not even a mixing of friend groups because she and I talked about this a little bit more. And I think this stresses out a number of numbers. I also feel stressed when there's a mixing of friend groups because I feel responsible to make sure everybody's mixing and mingling. And I can't relax if I feel like, oh, no, this group isn't talking with each other, whatever. But she also had a great insight for sixes and parties. As she was talking about it, kind of processing, when we were talking about it. She said, I think that it triggers my six skepticism. Like I start to think, oh, like she's skeptical that everybody actually would wanted to throw a surprise party for her. And, you know, that she's begins to think like, would they rather be doing something else? It just triggers a lot of questions. Sixes have a a strong sense of skepticism about everything. In fact, I've even run things past Rebecca. I'm like, I don't have a good skepticism filter. You check this thing out and tell me what I should be skeptical about.
0: Um, Yeah. So Laura's really good at that, too. Back when Laura Tremaine was on our team, we kind of both of us, you and I, we are like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> and like very trusting and kind of optimistic. And we need those balances. Now yes. Rebecca has to do it all by herself yes, Rebecca bears <laughs> to be like, yes. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. Like they do have that. And it can be like you said, it's like with everything with the Enneagram, our strengths are also our weaknesses. And like that, that feeling of like, I've got to be prepared. I've got to be planned. But this is one of those times where you could help them, right?
1: So another six on Instagram, Khole05, said that she would like a party with a full schedule and an agenda up front. So again, you know, like I said, sixes have a really complicated and dynamic relationship with anxiety. And I mean that not in the clinical sense. I just mean in like worrying about things. And so I do think that for a six, just like knowing what's going to happen because they are geared to go towards what's the backup plan? What do I need to know? Like what's plan B? I don't know. I feel like for some sixes, I don't want to paint with the broadest of strokes, but I think for some sixes, they would rather know everything and like have some input than that would outweigh the thing of like, oh, I just want to be surprised. I don't want to plan a single thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. No, I think that that's kind of like the twos. Like They want somebody to know them so well that you could plan a perfect party for them, but that's hard also. So that's why in some ways it's like, it seems better to say, this is what I think you'd want. Is this what you want? And I think for is the same thing. Like, I think really this is the time to just get them involved with the planning of the party. Like if you're throwing it kind of in their honor, but just being like, okay, I'm thinking of doing this and this and this, what do you think? It's gonna quiet their anxiety to know exactly how it's gonna go down. And um, They're gonna be able to embrace the party, right? And that's the goal is like you're doing this, you want that person to have fun or you want yourself to have fun if you're a six throwing the party, you know, like, so this is how to do it. Exactly.
1: Okay, the last type, Kelly. In our head triad is the seven, like yourself, the enthusiast. These are our busy and fun loving and adventurous types, almost always open for new things. In fact, really, really love new things, (laughs) but always open for a party and for an adventure. Tell us in your
0: mind as a seven, what what's an ideal party? So this is maybe the hardest one to pick a party for, because as a seven, we love all parties. So there's like maybe not a surprise party because I feel like some sevens also have some anxiety about that. But almost everything else is like, yep, yeah. that sounds amazing as the golden retrievers of the Enneagram, like just throw me in. So this is what I chose to typify. I think a fun party for a seven is Taco Tuesday. Oh, fun. OK, so this is what I mean by that. There's a couple things. One is Taco Tuesday is just an ordinary day. It's just a Tuesday. But you know what? We're going to make it really fun. So we're taking something that is just kind of mundane and ordinary, and we are adding in the sparkle. We're making it a theme. Nobody loves a theme as much as a seven. I mean, I bought a pink sequin jacket <laughs> for the Barbie party. Yes. So taking something that's just there and making it a party seems like the most seven sort of thing for me. So a Taco Tuesday party, like gathering people very casually, even spur of the moment, like, oh, tomorrow's Tuesday, I'm making a big batch of tacos let's come over. Everybody bring a margarita. Like whatever you want to do is going to make a seven so happy because it's really living in the moment. It's celebrating something that is just there. And that's how sevens love. It's like a casual thing that we're taking to the next level. I think the must for a type of party for a seven is like a variety of good food, not like one thing. You know, I think that's why tacos kind of work because you can, how are you going to make your taco or what kind of taco you're going to have or that sort of thing. Music. Music that ambient sort of sound that's going on, laughter, and then a big key is <laughs> not having to clean up. Whether the seven is throwing the party or going to the party, you know, like helping out at a party, like just having somebody else be like, I'll take care of the dirty work on the back end. Oh, that's like a really big gift for us. For sure.
1: Oh, I love everything about it. And the sevens, some of them who weighed in on Instagram said similar things. Melissa Davenport said that she likes surprises, not having to plan a thing, favorite food, favorite people, great music. Um, Amy Tream 246 said outdoors, a few bands, pizza, open oh, yeah. bar, all my friends. I mean, yes, yes.
0: All my friends. I think this is another time when you just like everybody that you know, <laughs> you, can, you know, like not that they're all going to come because it's probably going to be not a thing that was planned six months in advance right, and right, like right, notices right, right. sent mm-hmm. out, like the sevens are going to be famous for tomorrow. Yes. And so who can come? I love the outdoors part there, too, that Amy mentioned, um, mm-hmm. the open bar, just making people feel comfortable and welcome and celebrated. A thousand percent.
1: All right. Moving back to the gut triad, we have our eights. Eights are our challengers. They are self-confident. They are powerful, very decisive. Again, a healthy eight is somebody who is sort of like a one. In fact, I think ones and eights often mistype with each other because they're also very motivated to make the world better. Um, to challenge the way things are done and see if there can be a way to make things better, especially for, especially in context of relationships and
0: people they love and care about.
1: So when it comes to an eight, what do you think, Kelly? You've, you've known one
0: for a long time. Yes. <laughs> what do you honestly? Think? I feel like eights also like fives are probably like, I don't want to party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Like just, yeah. They sometimes just feel like that's frivolous or it's not going to be fun for me. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Um, they don't like small talk. So kind of the traditional party isn't always their thing. So this is what I was thinking, is that like maybe dinner out after some sort of a lecture, or that feels very, I don't really love the word lecture. So something that you go to with a few friends and learn something. So it's kind of like a party with a purpose. You're going maybe, like I was thinking here in the Twin Cities, one of the things that I get to produce for Minnesota Public Radio is, talking volumes, which is in the fall, it's a series of authors that come on stage. And our host, Carrie Miller, interviews them on stage. So, you know, Abraham Verghese, and Patchett, these are the people coming this fall. Great authors, people love them. So getting your friends who also maybe like to hear that, or maybe there's a commentator who's speaking, or, you know, some sort of a class or something that you can do with some friends. So you're all going and listening, your minds are being stimulated, you're listening to this thing, And then you go grab dinner and drinks afterwards and discuss it. So I feel like this especially ties into any eights who have some sort of a justice streak, which they all do in various Mm -hmm. ways, Mm -hmm. you know? So maybe there's something happening in our current political discourse where you're like, I would love to get involved. I want to go and hear more about this topic. And then afterwards, I'm going to discuss with friends. These have to be the kind of friends who are going to be open to that sort of discussion, you know, like that might not always make everybody feel good all the time. Eights are. I don't want to say confident in themselves, but like that's part of it. They don't conflict does not scare them if it's done correctly. Like they want to have that like biblical iron sharpening iron. They do feel like it makes them better. So you have to have those friends that will be willing to be intellectually honest together. I think that that nothing thrills an eight more than that. And then maybe there's some way that afterwards there's like movement because I think that eights also yeah. talk for the sake of talking is not thrilling to them. So is there something that you can do afterwards? Like what is the outcome of this party would be really like, I think the best party is if there's something afterwards where you're like, okay, we're going to go do this. It's moved me to action instead of just talk.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, that's a great insight. That really is. Not a lot of eights weighed in. We obviously because they rolled their
0: eyes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we mostly have a female audience. And then so there's eights, the eight woman is a sort of a rarity in and of itself, but then also probably a lot of them were like, "That's dumb." No, keep going. <laughs> just skip right through to the next story. Do eights even look at their Instagram stories? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Come tell us, eights. Yeah,
1: but if you did, a few. So Crystal Bauman, uh said, "Palomas and political discourse. Palomas yes, are there she goes. Great mm-hmm. tequila based cocktail. So yeah, just a drink and a good hearty debate. Like that sounds like hell to me.
0: Personally, like, I will leave early if that's the party. <laughs> She's like, so don't invite your nines. Yeah. You got to find the right people for this party. Yes. I have no eight wing at all.
1: <laughs> okay. Another eight, Emmy and 419 said, a surprise party. I get to know the details, but I didn't have to call anyone or decorate. I'm like, okay, I could see an eight being into that. They want to know what's going on. But at the same time, they're like, oh, that's fine. You guys do it. I'll show up and have fun.
0: Yes. I think that the eights are like the opposite of twos and sixes who are like, I wanna like even sometimes the one, like I wanna know what's going on, I wanna be involved. I think that while they do like control and they often have it just because that's their thing, they're good at it. I think that it's a relief to them yes. to not have to make all the decisions. Yeah, I think so too.
1: Okay, and that leads us to nine. My type, the peacemaker, also in the gut triad, we are the, you know, easygoing kind. We're just a little tend to be a little self effacing and because of that. A lot of nines also were like, I would, mm, I don't know. Don't throw me a party. Not in the same way that like fives don't like a party. I think for a lot of reasons, one of them being it's not very efficient. If it's not a very efficient use of time, they might feel like it's a waste of time. Nines, again, speaking in broad strokes, don't like to be the center of attention. It's Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable for a lot of us nines to be the center of attention. So what do you think, Kelly? What would be a good
0: nine party, themed party? I think nines would love a good spa party.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I can get into that.
0: Yes. These are my requirements for this sort of a party for a nine is that you only invite a handful of friends. So it's sure. not a Without huge doubt. group, right? Yes. Um, I would say you also keep it pretty casual. So you're like, it's not like, and now we're going to do males. Like if this is not the time for an agenda. I think it's lay it all out and be like, you can do what you want when you want. Like, we're all just going to kind of be here together. I think you like for a spa party for a night, you have to have a fluffy robe. Oh, yeah. Everybody I needs a fluffy comfort. robe. Everything comfy. Comfort. Yes. Embraced in it. Right. And this is like a sensory thing, too. It's a calming thing. Um, and then I think you also need like water in the background, like the peaceful sounds of that, you know, whether you're outside, whether you're at an actual spa, whether you just get one of those little rock water features, you know, like that. It's soothing. I think that if you're really going to make a nine feel good, that soothingness and being together is going to enrich them and make them feel good. So what do you think? Did I nail it for you as a nine?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Nines do love anything comfortable. We're into aesthetics, not in the same way that fours are. I feel like fours appreciate aesthetic because it's beauty and it's art and It's expressive. I think that nines are into aesthetics in the sense that it's sensory, comfy, cozy. Yes, I agree. So I think a spa experience, especially if, okay, I'm thinking of like when my sister got married, that for her bachelorette party, her bridesmaids had planned a spa day. And it was so nice because there was like different stations. So we did. We got the comfy robes. But then like they moved us through in groups. Nobody had to decide really it was just kind of like some of us were getting a massage and some of us were getting a facial and like it was just very low key, which was really, really great. Last December, one of my dear friends here in Oklahoma City, superstar awesome turn dear friend of mine, Grace, Her, she's a December birthday. She's a single mom of four. Her mother passed away in early 2020. So, you know, it's just like I was thinking it's December. December birthdays tend to get overlooked anyway. And then she's just like so amazing. And I just wanted to show her like I see you and I see how amazing you are. So we didn't do a party, but I took her to I was like, can I take you out for your birthday? (laughs) So it wasn't really a party. It's just me planning. And we went to the artsy neighborhood here in Oklahoma City called the Paseo. We shopped, we shopped for Christmas presents, she shopped for herself and all these really cute boutique art studios. We went to eat at one of the most buzzy restaurants in Oklahoma City. The food was delicious and it was just like a really great celebration. So we were like walking and talking and we're close friends. So it's not like we ever don't have things to say, but there was like a thing to it too, you know? So that was really good. I will say across the board, all the nines who (laughs) were talking about a great party, Food and snacks. Snacks and food. (laughs) Can there be food there? We want food. So if you're going to do a spa party, maybe there's even like a little snack table set up. (laughs) I don't know what it is about dines and snacking, but we love a snack. So let's make sure there's great food there. Absolutely. Another thing too, Grace threw a party last December, a Christmas open house. It was one of her kids' idea. And it was like set up kind of the same thing, idea. There's stations. People were doing things because I do think that nines do get a little overwhelmed if we feel like we got to check on everybody. We like can't help ourselves. We want to make sure everybody's having a nice time. But there were stations like there was like hot cocoa station. There's a craft station. People were just in groups doing things. So she just kind of like threw it all out there. It was very chill. Most of the nines who wrote in asked for something chill, a cozy vibe already reading too much, said the music should be low enough for easy conversation. That's another thing. Like we get overstimulated on a sensory level really easily, I feel like. So chill music, like I don't think it's the same vibe as a seven party where it's like bands and like people are, you know, like ah, it's like very high energy. I think nines wanted the music to be low and just everything to be kind of chill. So. All right. So I can't wait to hear what you awesomes have to say if you didn't get a chance to weigh in or if you have follow up thoughts. But Kelly has a fun idea. She thought of like, what are some other party ideas and who would like this and who would hate it? So we're going to talk about those when we come right back. Okay, we are back. And today we're talking all things Enneagram and partying. Kelly, as our resident seven, I'm sure that you have, I mean, like asking you, are there some party ideas and themes? You're probably like, oh, we could do this and that and this and that. So thinking about different party ideas or even just celebration kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just different kinds. I want to say genre. I don't know if that's the right word. Types of celebration. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some that you thought of? And let's talk about who would love it and who would hate it.
0: Well, the first one that I thought of was a surprise party, but I feel like we've kind of covered some of that. Like, so let's just recap though. Who would love a surprise party most out of the Enneagram, out of those nine types and who would like hate it? It would the distress of a surprise party would overshadow the fun that came after. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Who do you think again? Like, So we've said some of this, but
1: I know I think that fives and sixes would hate it the most, like actually be uncomfortable the most. Who would love it? I feel like a seven would love a surprise party. What do you think?
0: I mean, I think a seven could. I, I think maybe I don't know if I have a six wing or an eight wing. I think I'm just very 70. But I had this like so funny experience story that when I turned 16, I think, I had a group of friends that wanted to do a very common thing at the time, which is like where they would show up at your house and kidnap you. Kidnap you. Yes. Uh And so they wanted to do it before school, which meant, so my birthday's in January in freaking Minnesota. So the sun shines for all of 32 (laughs) minutes a day at that point. It's usually my birthday is one of the coldest, darkest weeks of the year. It's it's like the opposite of everything that I am. (laughs) No, I was born in the wrong season. So they had actually talked to my parents because they're like, we're going to need to come at like 530 in the morning to get her to take her to breakfast and her pajamas before we go to school at 730, you know, super right. early. I happened to be having a nightmare. My bedroom window overlooked the driveway. I woke up with a start to the, the car doors like shutting. Uh-huh. And I looked outside and I was like, <laughs> I mean, I don't have my makeup on. I was like, oh, hell no. Like that is not <laughs> happening. And my parents were like, Kelly, like your friends are here. I'm the oldest, <laughs> so like all my siblings are sleeping. You know, they're like, they just want to do something nice for you. And I was like, this is not the way. <laughs> like I was irrationally teenage girl mad. I got over oh, it. Oh, I would be furious. I, I be went so with them <laughs> and I did have fun. Once I was there, I was like, I see what you're doing. So I think a seven can get over it. I do think that that's always the thing. Probably. In a different environment, not in the middle of winter, having to go out in the cold in your pajamas without your makeup on as a 16-year-old girl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It would be better. Um, I agree that I think sevens, probably the most out of all the types, would be the most okay with it.
1: Maybe also a two if it's like a surprise and it's just like super thoughtful. You know what I mean? Like, where you can like the two can tell like, oh, you really thought about what I would like a lot. Like I think the yeah. two would be super, would be open to it. I
0: think a three, oh, a three, two is I think like a three would like that. Yeah. They can go with that. And like, you know, they're kind of always ready to celebrate themselves. I don't really, I, I no. love my three. So I hope that doesn't sound yes. like I'm yeah, yeah. writing them at all. I think that they're like, yeah, we can do that. And Absolutely. I think that they're pretty spontaneous. Yeah. 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 OK. All right. What else? So That's one. How about, this is like, was a whole thing for a while, a mystery dinner party. Ooh. Like they're a thing again, right? Because our kids, Gen Z is rediscovering them and they're like, what? An escape room in a box sort of idea. But we can't talk about escape rooms. That's another idea. So like talk about the mystery theater in in a party. Mystery dinner party situation. Okay. I think eights and nines would
1: like this for kind of the same reason. I think that Nines like when they can be part of a thing, but they don't have to make all the decisions of a thing. But I think an eight would really excel. I think a three would like this, too. I think fives, under the right circumstances, could get into this because it's very cerebral. we got to figure out what's going on. I think a five could like a mystery dinner party. I could see that. Who would hate it? Hmm. I don't know. I think it would be... Gosh, why can't I not think? Does everyone love a mystery dinner party? Maybe. Well, I think
0: would, like what you said. Like it's kind the of the anxiety of it all. Yeah, <laughs> that that could be true. I think that it depends on how you run it, right? I think that eights and fives to some degree. Well, it has a component that they would both love this mystery solving, this cerebral like who done it. There's a purpose here, right? Yeah. But also, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to act like your characters. Like, where you're supposed oh, to remember that you're supposed to dress that up. That. Fives would hate
1: that so much; they would not do that. They're
0: just like, that's not worth it. Like that solving <laughs> of a mystery sounds fun, but you want me to dress up as Professor Plum and then, like, as the dinner goes on, be like, "Oh no, my good dear and Like, no, I'm not doing that. Where sevens I and threes wouldn't. are like, that's the best part.
1: Yeah, like yeah. I don't care I think who a four killed her. get. I think a four would get really into it, just in terms of like the characterization part of it, for sure. I think a four would love that. But yeah, I think I forgot that there was the acting
0: as a character <laughs> part. So
1: count the fives out for that. But I think that would be really fun for a lot of people to go to, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that that's one of the nice things about it, especially if you can have a mystery dinner party where you just tell people, like, if you want to dress up and play the part, you can. But like, we're just going to have fun solving it together is that kind of can hit everybody where they're at. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm
0: -hmm. So let's talk about like an escape room.
1: Okay. see, I do think eights and fives would love an escape room. I think a three would love an escape room for sure. Because I think fives would love the cerebral part. I think eights and threes would love the action part of it, like the doing of it. I think as a nine, I am so stressed out by the idea of an escape room. Like, it, I don't know. It makes me feel claustrophobic. There's so much pressure to do it in time. And that's another thing, like a lot of nines said in their ideal party that like could be really, a few liked the idea of a hard stop and in time, but most just like open ended time-wise well, in an escape room, you have a timer. Like that pressure, I think for sixes and nines, the pressure of an escape room feels uncomfortable. Yes.
0: I was thinking the same thing. I think a seven would love an escape room too. Yeah. I think a seven could enjoy it. Like you said, it's just like the the mystery of not kind of knowing what, what comes next. It's very unknown and they can embrace that, the discomfort of that maybe more than some types. Yeah, I agree. I think that you know sixes and nines any type that kind of struggles with anxiety, it seems like an escape room is probably the wrong fit because that's part of the fun of an escape room is like that building anxiety. And they're just like, this is not fun for me. This is not fun for me. So don't do that. Okay. So I'm breaking this up into two things. Here's one that's just a very common party that we all go to is a wedding, but I'm going to separate the wedding from the reception. Okay. So let's first talk about a good wedding. Who really enjoys a good wedding?
1: Well, I think our heart centers do, our twos, threes, and fours. Absolutely. Maybe for a variety of reasons. But I think that those are probably the types that love the
0: ceremony part maybe the most. Do you think ones too like ceremony? Like I feel like the order of that, this is what we do. Oh, yes. Could appeal to the a The
1: order, the tradition, A well-executed wedding ceremony, I think, is very satisfying to a one for sure. I didn't think about that. That's good. And for six, too, as again, the orderly part of it, the planning part of it, like the thinking of all of the different, like if this should happen, then we can do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that a six would like a well-planned wedding ceremony for sure.
0: Yeah, like the piece of tradition. I didn't think about it in this term, too, but like I would imagine that those types are also the ones who are like staying up to watch the royal wedding. When it happens oh, on yeah. TV, you know that sort of a thing. Like they're going to appreciate yeah, yeah. that part, the ceremony, the richness. You know, the fours probably appreciating all of the beautiful,
1: yes, the, the
0: um, symbolism, but also you know the dresses and you know just all the the flowers and the things that go into making that a beautiful sensory experience. Even though you're just watching it on a screen, like that yes. sort of a celebration appeals to them. Yes, for sure.
1: I was going to say, I know my five husband hated our wedding ceremony because everyone was looking at him. So. <laughs>
0: Well, and my eight husband thought it was stupid. Like he doesn't (laughs) tradition. What does it matter? So he has said famously, he's like this only reason that we got married the way we did was for our parents. Like it really wasn't. It was just to satisfy them. But to him, it didn't mean anything. So, yeah, I agree. (laughs) We could have done this at the courthouse. Yeah, he's like, that was more That was a lot of money. And <laughs> I don't even know half those people. And like tradition means so little to most eights. Like yeah. just the idea, like if it has a point, but like, why yeah. do we say these things? Why do we have to do these things? They're very, very, very practical in that sense. So I, yeah, I think that part, but a reception after the wedding, is, it can be a different beast. You know, it's a different type of party. So what do you think about that? I mean, I think sevens are the ones always having the best time.
1: At a wedding reception, because it's just like a huge party and it's so fun. You know, I think I do the right vibe. I guess it depends. Like, is it a big, huge, loud, over-the-top reception? Because I think the threes and sevens are going to love those. But if it's more like it's a reception, but it's very chill, like music is turned down nice and low.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen a reception like that. It's just, just the, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm thinking
1: of like a Pinterest, the Pinterest like wedding in the woods you know, where it's just like you're a handful of your friends and family, and it's very rustic and very
0: chill. I don't know. Do people actually do that? I don't know. I don't know. Interest. I don't know either. And <laughs> um, I feel like all the weddings, although I would say this, the weddings that I've enjoyed the most are the big party. So in that sense, what you're saying, what a seven is going to be drawn to a wedding reception, it is that I know some of these people, but I don't know any of the people, but we're all out doing the slide together on the floor, you know, after eight hours, maybe not eight hours four hours of you're like dancing and still like having fun, that definitely appeals. And I think that there's some people who are just like, this is the nines, the fours, fives who are like, could we go home? They're the ones sitting in the back on their phone while the seven comes over and is like, do you want to come out? And they're like, no, you go. Like you're having fun. I support you in this moment. I was on the dance floor so
1: much at my sister's wedding that just yesterday morning, Nico was reminding me of that time we went to a wedding and he was like, and you were dancing and it was so fun we danced so much. Your mileage may vary. But I do think that people who are tend to be concerned about details, I think the reception can be difficult to just yourself go and have fun, like the ones, the twos, sixes. If they can just be in the moment and just be like, it's okay if this thing happened or this whatever, then they'll have a great time. But I think sometimes just like that looking after all of the details, making sure people are having fun, I think that could be stressful
0: too. Well, those are my things. Do you have any, was there a party that came to mind that you were like, ooh, this would be fun to insert the Enneagrams into? (laughs) Hmm,
1: I'm trying to think. I really am so intrigued by this. I know I already mentioned it, but I'm really intrigued by this idea of having like a reading party or like some party doesn't have to be reading, but some kind of, I'm saying party, but it's like a gathering where everyone comes, you're there together in the same space doing a similar thing, but there's not this pressure to small talk. Now, I love small talk. I personally do love small talk. I love to, I make, I make small talk become deep talk. I'll just be like, tell me your whole life story, start at the beginning and don't leave anything out. But I know a lot of people don't like small talk. And so I like this idea of being in the same space and sharing energy and like people are doing things that they like want to do and they choose to do, but there's no pressure to mix and mingle. I'm really fascinated with this idea. So I don't know if that's my ENFP shining through my nine discomfort. Also, like nines really don't like the spotlight on them. So if like everybody's kind of doing their own thing, then it doesn't feel like there's this pressure. Like I loved having baby showers for each of our children, but the pressure of opening presents in front of everyone, it made me ill
0: to do that. Like it was very difficult. Yeah. well, and that's a good one. That's like a common celebration that people go to, right? It's like showers, baby showers or a wedding shower. You're right. Like the the, there's some types who are going to be totally fine with that. And there are some types that are going to be like, can we please just make this go quickly? Be over. (laughs) Like, I'm glad you love me. I feel the love, but also can we, can it be over now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh, this was so fun, Kelly. Thank you so much for this idea. This was just such a great conversation. I'm I'm surprised we haven't talked about all of this stuff before with all of our Enneagram episodes, which we will link to some of those in the show notes so you guys can go back in this sort of awesome time capsule because we've been talking about the Enneagram since 2015 before anybody else
0: was. That's right. So We are the OG (laughs) when it comes to Enneagram typing of all the different everythings. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Kelly, people want to find
1: you around the web to talk Enneagram or recipes or just like whatever. Where's the best place to find you?
0: You can find me on my website. So, if, especially if you're looking for recipes, Kelly Gordon, MN from Minnesota.com. Got all my stuff there. Otherwise, you can find me um, in the Hangout group, of course, or in the Superstars group, which is for our Patreon supporters, on Twitter or Threads or Instagram. Threads now. I'm really enjoying threads. It's always the same, Kelly Gordon, MN. Okay. You can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg in all of the places online. You
1: can find Sorta Awesome just by searching Sorta of Awesome wherever you are. Just a quick shout out to our Amazon storefront doing back to school stuff, which is right now for me. I know you've got a few weeks left, Kelly, before you have to get serious about any of that. But to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can go to either amazon.com slash shop slash Sorta Awesome and find our various lists there. Or if you're just like, I'm going to go to Amazon and see what's over there. Just go to Sorta Awesome slash Amazon. That will get you to the Amazon storefront, but it's through our affiliate link. So we get a little... We'll commission from our Amazon overlords when you do that. So <laughs> awesome. Thank you for talking all things Enneagram with this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old.